But Hollow Knight, I- I'm understanding why Hollow Knight became your top game of all time. Yo, what is up and welcome back to this week's episode of the Mo Video Games Podcast. You know I had to include that clip because the thought that Maxwell might even slightly like Hollow Knight is a W to me. Most games that I really like, all my friends end up not liking. I don't know if I just have a horrible taste in games or what, but like the online community will always be like, yeah, no, that's a good game. And then all my friends will be like, man, that sucks. So the fact that he even notioned that, you know that clip's going down in history in my head. If you haven't figured out already though, Maxwell's finally beaten Ghost of Tsushima as we talked about last podcast and now has started on his Hollow Knight playthrough. We also talk about Blasphemous and the Copycat Top 50 bracket as well as some other tech news this week, so please enjoy. Yeah, baby. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to the Mo Video Ooh. Games podcast, specifically the intro after the intro. We're glad you're here. Unless but you're watching no us live. Outro. Yeah, except last week I did a double outro because God I immediately it, forgot. <laughs> but as I was recording it, I remembered. So I called out my my mistake in Did the double outro. Did you say farewell to the outros? <laughs> I tried. I said it was a bonus of a bonus. So Ooh. <laughs> it's a bonus bonus. Um, which bonus is the bonus? We'll let you be the judge. But welcome back. It's been a couple weeks since our last podcast, so you know the tech news be dripping. Be dropping. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the video games also be playing. Oh. And your boy and no Oliver and goes to Sushima. Yeah, thank God I've moved on to that game. Really left a sour taste in my mouth. It's unfortunate because it really it doesn't deserve. It's we we talked about this. Uh, I think last podcast, yeah, with Ori, yeah, how like just how the game ends really defines a lot of your memory and experience, especially recently. I think the more the game kind of ruminates with me. <gasps> Purple Misfit finally got a notification. Welcome to the stream. Hell yeah. Live audiences be here, baby. But uh, but yeah, Ghost of Tsushima left left a sour taste. It's unfortunate. I think with time, that's why part of the reason why I'm waiting to do my Max Lewis gaming review. Um, Also, I just haven't had time to do it. But I think it's going to be to the benefit of Ghost of Tsushima uh, to let it kind of calm down in my head a little bit. And uh, that just means you should do it now. I want to hear a fucking scathing review of Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> I this mean, just the game doesn't know how to end. Listen to last week's podcast or whatever it was last week or two weeks ago. That's I mean, that's all you really need to know about the, the salt of Ghost of Tsushima. But I mean, you did have good things to say about it. I did. And that's what I'm saying. Like it, the, the things that are sticking out in my mind are the frustrations because they're, they were the most recent and towards the end of the game. But I still had a good time. Oh, Purple Misfit on her way to work trying not to get hit by a car. Please don't. Um, Please don't die. D- disclaimer, Mo Video Games is not responsible for any injuries um, incurred while uh, enjoying such amazing content. Um, but yes, walk safely. Um, and yes, thank you. I love the lights as well. Um, but yeah, so I guess roadmap of today, if you couldn't tell from the title of the video slash podcast, Oliver has completed Blasphemous 
New Game Plus. Maxwell is finally deep enough in the Hollow Knight sauce that he is probably actually going to finish it at this point. And IGN, some of this is old because it's been a couple weeks since we did the, the tech news, but I, the IGN bracket is uh, complete, the top video game of all time bracket that they blatantly stole from the Mo Video Games podcast, obviously, because it was a totally original idea. And uh, there's a winner, and the winner is interesting to say the least and yeah some other tech news has kind of rumbled up in there luckily kind of the summer gaming wave has calmed down a little bit so there's not like this absolute pressure to do stuff but uh yeah we got some games rex dragon hello welcome What's to up? the mo video games podcast um so yeah so that's what we'll be talking about so i guess we got me talking about hollow knight blasphemous what what do you want to what do you want to discuss first here you know what i want to discuss first <laughs> And that's Far Cry 4, baby. No! Uh, <laughs> all right, Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight. All right, so for those of you joining us, not super familiar with the Mo Video Games podcast, um, we did a top 50 video game bracket uh, that took us probably 50 podcast episodes or so to get through uh, to determine our top game of all time. And... Spoiler alert, it's about the journey, not the destination, so knowing the winners doesn't tell you everything. You can still go listen to them. But my top game of all time, God of War 2018. Uh, A banger. Absolute banger. Oliver's top game of all time, Hollow Knight. So now uh, we're we're coming up to speed. We're coming here. Hollow Knight, I tried. I started playing it, gosh, I don't even know, like a few years ago, two years ago, something like that. Yeah, and you right. died and lost all of your currency and were pissed and gave up. Yeah, that's, I, a, that's a Dark Souls moment right there. <laughs> I, I got really salty and I put the game down for a couple of years. And uh, that so I, when I talk about where I'm at with it now, it'll make a little bit more sense why I wasn't willing to like trudge through that. Um, but I came back to it. It's Oliver's top game of all time. He played my top game of all time, God of War, after me absolutely berating him constantly about playing and it. And Ori. And Ori. And it's his top game of all time. If there's any game that Oliver suggests I'm going to play, it's going to be his top game of all time. So I came back to it. I started playing it. Um, and the frustration came back immediately. I started <laughs> a new game. Because um, I was like, it's been it's been a couple of years since I played it. Got to start a new game, see where we're going here. So I start a new game, start playing through. And my biggest complaint, my biggest gripe right off the bat is there is just the platforming is not exciting at the beginning. It is. It's just like all you have is the ability to jump. So think of yourself as Mario with a sword, I think is probably kind of the best um, description of what the platforming is like, which is fine at the beginning of a game. I, I don't mind that, but it lasted for a very long time, like probably two hours into the game of just jumping around like Mario and trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go next. It's So it's a Metroidvania. We've talked about that. There's all the exploration opportunities you have in the game, and it's it's designed to block off certain areas until you have different abilities you gain later or later, not lathering on the abilities later um but it's there's so many places you can go and traversal is so slow at the beginning 
that it doesn't feel like you're making any progress whatsoever as you are trying to like figure out where the game is expecting you to go next. It gives you the freedom to go in so many directions until you hit that roadblock of needing an ability or something to be able to cross it. And then you kind of have to be like, okay, well now I have to slow traverse somewhere else. So that was probably my biggest gripe and why when I played it several years ago, I'd put three or four hours into it and then explored too far somewhere um, that I probably shouldn't have gone yet, um, or at least was just very difficult, but I, I was just kind of sprinting through it and died. And in this game, you die, you lose all of your currency, but you have the ability, if you go back to where you died and survive, then you can fight your spirit and get that stuff back. And I was like, there's no way in hell I am surviving, getting back to where I just died and then beating myself to get the um, get the currency back. So I put the game down. but. This time around, I was like, I got to push through. So I, I'm texting Oliver, like, where do I like, where do I go to get some more abilities? I need to progress. I am struggling to find the next areas, doing some walkthroughs, finally figured it out. And so I got the dash ability. So just typical foot, straight across the screen. Little dash allows you to do farther distances game. uh yeah play the game <laughs> and when you're just traversing like okay now i need to get from point a to point b um and you know where you need to go you can get there faster because you can just spam dash and go much faster to where you're going that was a game changer open things up um and then the the most recent ability i just got which now it feels like i have the complete platforming set that makes the game much more enjoyable to play is the wall climb. You Mothwing get the, cloak, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, this is Mantis Claw. Oh wait, yeah. Um, Mothwing cloaks the dash. There we go. Yeah, Mantis Claw's the the grabby dab. Yeah. So now you can, when you're up like against a wall, you can continue to jumping rather than just like hitting it and falling to the ground. So now the whole now it's real game. Yeah. The the map is opening up. It's wide. There's still some places that are going to be blocked off for other abilities. And there's one that I clearly need to buy a lantern um, because the place is too dark. And I see uh, you don't need to buy. It. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's no. play. Go into the the cave and Pokemon without flash. <laughs> and see how that goes for you um same same difference but uh okay, i want to be clear i can get the mantis claw and mothwing cloak within 15 minutes of gameplay so i mean that might be a personal problem and for those of you listening oliver has been doing some speed runs of hollow knight as well so um <laughs> <laughs> has probably what you've you've done like a speed run completion of the game how many times do you think well, I don't know. I have almost 100 hours logged on it, and the speedrun normally lasts me about an hour because I'm pretty slow. So probably about 50 speedruns, maybe. <laughs> yeah, which I mean by speedrunning numbers is pretty low numbers, but for compared to someone who's never played the game, 50 completions, I think. Oof. This is what you think like a 30, 40 hour game if you're new to it? Yeah, I was between like 40 and 50, but I was playing pretty completionist. I think if you're if you're just running through it, I would guess about 30. But I think okay. the game kind of makes it, well, obviously, I think it makes it worth it to fucking get all the nitty gritty and getting the quote unquote true last boss that you have to do some stuff to get it. Um, it doesn't just come automatically. I think it's worth it. So, yeah, the but I'm so, glad that you texted me, too, because I do agree that I, I had a similar point as you. It was a little bit farther in but I think I had gotten Mantis Claw and Mothwing Cloak. And then 
ended up going to the bottom left corner of the map, which I will let you know right now is not where you go next. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it it was pretty much a similar situation to what you had, where I was like stuck in this hellish barren landscape. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing here right now? There is nothing for me. Um, Because it really, it doesn't tell you where to go at all, right? It it, it is very just like you explore the map and that is how you play the game. And that's uh, that I think for me was probably the biggest difference between this and Ori is Ori is very much here is the objective and it shows you even if you haven't unlocked that part of the map yet, it's like this is the general direction you need to start moving. Um, And that for me as more of a casual gamer, especially in this genre, uh, was definitely more my play style. But now that I've gotten into this area where i have the platforming abilities i am actually excited to start going back and that brings me to the design of this game and the art direction also purple misfit mentions that it it sounds kind of similar to shovel knight are you familiar with shovel knight at all i it's kind of familiar to shovel knight i don't know for sure if shovel knight's a metroidvania though but i played shovel knight shovel knight is definitely similar in its brutality of gameplay for sure i mean yeah shovel knight do be difficult (laughs) (laughs) um i'm trying to look it up you keep going while i look it up but yeah but so the art direction of hollow knight so you you keep talking about how hollow knight is just gray and drab and all this and it is not at all these worlds is a very colorful game (laughs) are vastly unique and super cool like i am loving it obviously the forgotten crossroads the first area you drop into is very drab and gray and kind of depressing but then green path is oh just full of so light so much life and then now i'm in or like just completed or through the fungal waste um which is super colorful and okay so the platforming what once it starts giving you the, the abilities it starts testing you immediately it's like all right we're not playing around anymore so there are these little floating bombs that get shot out and start they they like track you um and first time i saw one i was like oh what do i do with this do i hit it i don't know and it explodes (laughs) and takes three of your five health bars immediately so it immediately is like this isn't something you're gonna fuck around with um and then i was like oh shit i need to run away from this thing quickly i don't know what i'm supposed to do and then i one figured out a couple ways to game it where you can like go above the thing and get the thing Jump to track back mash, and yeah. Yeah, explode itself. Um, but then also, I think the way they intended it to be is you just go quickly. It just kind of gives you that it, they move slow enough that as long as you keep moving, you're not in danger of getting hit by it. But it forces you to have haste um, and it gives that sense of urgency in the back and um, you can't make as many mistakes with your platforming and you kind of have to quickly assess what's ahead to be able to continue moving forward and that was actually really exciting for me i think the first time i played through it i might have gotten into the fungal waste um but probably i didn't have the respect for it that i should have or something that effect and and just like i got too stressed and was thinking too much but now i'm like really appreciating that kind of sense of urgency and forcing you to play a little bit differently um like rather than giving you a new set of platforming mechanics to master it's now kind of forcing you into a different way to use what they've given you and what they've done up to this point and i thought i think it's a really nice touch that was a lot of fun 
going through the platform and played through a couple of the like little mini bosses and stuff like that. And I've actually enjoyed all of them. Um, I haven't died yet. Um, I, I did die once, but not to a boss. Um, I, <laughs> I got in this loop of, I was trying to attack this enemy that was floating while I was on some skinny platforms. And the, I took a couple hits of damage and then I went to hit it, but missed my swing it hit me so it took now three of my five i went down fell into the pit of demise lost my fourth respawned only had one and then just inevitably got whomped by something um just it's one of the it's so quickly like you think you're good when you're at full health and it just takes one or two mistakes for you to be on the brink of death yep (laughs) And it it's it's exciting. It it frustrated me initially, but now that it, I have more platforming and feel a little bit more comfortable in the game, I like that kind of like nervousness where it feels like there are stakes to what I'm doing. Like Ori definitely didn't do that as well because in Ori you can heal a lot very easily. Yeah, Ori, Ori is not a nerve wracking game. Very no. comfortable game and and it doesn't punish you for dying either um it'll just respawn you to like a nearby point rather than respawning you to the last bench you save that that hopefully is somewhat nearby um and that's another thing that i learned from my first playthrough i am always finding benches maybe backtracking to a bench if i think i'm about to get to a particularly difficult point um trying to spend the geo as i'm earning it so i'm not like just benny fat stacks over here and uh so I'm, I, it's modified my play a little bit from the first time. I've learned some lessons. So I think, I think we're kind of in a, a good spot now, which is why all of those things combined, I would highly recommend watching. Like if you're, if you're new to Metroidvania and like punishing type games, watch a video or someone saying like five tips or tricks or things you should know about it ahead of time, or just like follow a walkthrough until you get the first couple abilities just to kind of I get agree to, with that. Yeah. I, I, because that, that was the difference for me. That's why I put it down initially is because I didn't do that. And now having done it, I think I'm at a point in the game. I am very excited to go back into and play. So yeah, that'd be my recommendation for you. But that's, that's overall my my thoughts right now on hollow Knight. Yeah. I, I think getting a bare minimum, the Mothwing cloak, if not Mantis claw as well. Those are, those are critical to get in my opinion. And something that I think they could have just given you those abilities earlier and then just supplemented, like, well, one of them, it's a boss fight, um, but you could have just had the boss fight because the boss fight's critical to the story. Um, Yeah. So you could have just had the boss fight to keep the story progressing. Though I guess if they want you, I mean, maybe that's how they're forcing you to get it, but they could just do some random like BS, like a door is locked or something and you get a key from the boss fight instead or something like that if they wanted to you know there's ways around it but yeah they definitely should have put um loaded more abilities at the front end i think to make it more fun yeah hindsight 2020 it's really easy to look at a game development cycle and be like oh you should have just tweaked this one thing game would have been perfect when in fact it was mostly two people plus kind of a third i I guess was the third like the soundtrack guy or something um i think so so i think it was largely largely developed by two people actually not but the the whole team is three so yeah they they've done a pretty fucking incredible job all things considered i do after playing it again i really enjoy how tight like the platforming mccann's are i mean like 
you jump and your gravity coming back down is really sharp and then also your a is like it's very specific on how much you can modulate your jump as well so i feel like yeah. i have a lot of like really fine control on what i'm doing so when i do fuck up jumps like i always like know what i did wrong because it is very it is very tight and very obvious what you're supposed to be doing a lot of the time so it's like it Agreed. is definitely just execution which i really enjoyed i did not like ori's momentum as much but mostly just mm. because i wasn't used to it and i just thought it was more frustrating that like i'm used to hollow knight man you're sprinting you stop on a dime bro he's the <laughs> hollow knight <laughs> that, that's that's interesting i do i like both of them um the momentum uh, it's tough to say which one i like more because they're, they're both great for different reasons the momentum I think I enjoyed more in the platforming sections when you were actually like got in a flow and were running through shit, you know? Yeah. Like I enjoyed that a lot. It was in the combat that I did not like. That was the only time that the 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 momentum annoyed me. Other than there was the there is a couple of boss fights that mostly the water boss fight in Ori to not spoil anything. That one yeah. the momentum was actually used really well and that boss fight flew really well or flowed, flew, floweth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there there were times where it was good, but in casual combat, um, there were definitely some times where I was like, just stop fucking moving and fucking kill this dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. Um, but yeah, the, the Hollow Knight platforming is definitely not momentum based, very tight, very calculated. Um, there, there are a couple like things you have to kind of get the momentum right, and it's kind of forcing you to go quickly through um some different aspects but the in the fungal waste is like where they introduce you to like the the i don't know if that's the pogo or just like hitting down to bounce off of the like little purple mushroom boys um but that's uh, yeah that, that was that's fun i kind of it was very hard to like figure out what the timing needed to be and they they did a good job like good game design is like starting to introduce you like you can't get to a section until you have mastered or like figured out a mechanic. So like you can't get to where it's requiring you to do a lot of bouncing until you have bounced into that area. Um, so it doesn't force you into an area that you should don't understand yet, which I like. But yeah, the bouncing, once I got the timing down, it it's very satisfying to get it. Like there's a couple of like hard to get to spots where you have to like, there's like little single bouncers because they what they do is they like, it's round and it, bounces you off in different directions if you don't get it perfectly so it's a little yeah. bit unpredictable it forces you to kind of react and correct um as you're bouncing so yeah very satisfying platforming i now that i have the kit i enjoy just find a bed of spikes and pogo off of that for a while and then you'll be good oh god <laughs> there's only one way to learn <laughs> straight to, <laughs> straight to the torture bed the, the problem I have is on the controller, for some reason, what I think is what what I think I'm doing is down is like actually off to the side. It's like oh, right so on like the left cusp. attack. So yeah. I, I keep constantly like not thinking I'm going to hit down and then doing a left attack or something. So it's uh, something that, that's a me problem. That's something I got to work on. But the pogo is critical. Yeah. But Hollow you Knight flex on your enemies. I, I'm understanding why Hollow Knight became your top game of all time. Oh, we'll see it is it a on. very hyped game in the community too which yeah. normally as it goes games that i really like that are hyped in the community all my friends hate so the fact that this even has a chance for you to like yes it's i i just got to get through it enough that's that's I've, all um, i've been listening to dark souls hatred for fucking years now from all my friends that game sucks why would you play it 
Yeah. Well, real quick, you you've started going through Dark Souls three. Yeah, Dark Souls I, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just picked up off of where I was before, uh, so I didn't restart because I pretty much had only fought the first boss, um, which the first boss was pretty. If you played Dark Souls games, he's easy, easy. I mean, if it's your first Soulsborne, then you're probably gonna struggle. I would assume you'd struggle a little bit, unless maybe maybe you're a god gamer. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's it's been good. I fought the second boss. It maybe took me five or six tries. Um, and man, that that just feeling of like all of the boss fights, you just get so fucking nervous. Because the boss fights last long enough and are hard enough and punishing enough that you know, like, every single time you fuck up, you're just like, is this what fucked up my entire attempt? Because you could get yeah. fucked up once, and then if you fuck up another roll and don't get a heal after it, then you're just dead, right? Like, normally you're only going to take two or three hits before you die in that game. And so that feeling when you finally beat the boss, oh my god. Oh. <laughs> it's like the most glorious fucking feeling in the world. That's so, what people are chasing. That that's why the Soulsborne games are so popular. It's like it's like runners <laughs> high. Like I don't know of many people. Maybe maybe you do, but like, that just absolutely love the pain of running. But how you feel when you're done running? I feel like it's what people are really chasing. So good, so good. <laughs> but yeah, so I I'm already in. The, I'm in the next area, and it's already giga fucking frustrating. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to game the system. The thing is, is in Soulsborne, I feel like you can kind of sprint through a lot of areas and not fight a lot, but then you miss a lot of the items and power-ups that are generally pretty useful as well, so it's definitely, like, a little bit of a trade-off, but... Yeah. I do wish that they put... I mean, I understand it's supposed to be punishing game, but, like, at this point, I kind of wish games would just give me, like, a bonfire or a save point right outside of bosses, because having the platform every single time on a boss that are going to have to iterate over a bunch it's just like it's not the end of the world but i would like a little qol buff to be able to just fucking grind out the boss but i know that's also me being a little lazy i'm definitely not as gamery of a gamer anymore i know but it is kind of like we're we're in this modern age and like is that the type of suffering we want is to have to grind to get to a boss to then grind through the boss like why just feels like a waste of time to me yeah it it doesn't seem like it adds enough satisfaction to warrant adding the grind um but i don't know because you could or maybe nah there's no the interesting thing so i think miyazaki if i remember correctly is the name of the like main dark souls guy uh like was talking about not having difficulty settings in Dark Souls because wanted it to be like an equivalent experience for everyone to like when they've completed it to like have known they've gone through the same experience as everyone else and there's no option to take like the the kitty easy route in Dark Souls, which is kind of interesting. It's trying to think of other games that don't offer difficulty like settings um, that, that like mainstream games i know there's obviously lots of games out there but like everything ori yeah does ori not offer yeah i guess it wouldn't because it's kind of platforming yeah it's just it's ori its difficulty setting is accessible (laughs) Uh, yeah is easy or like standard difficulty i guess maybe you'd say like the platforming momentum takes a little bit of time to get but once you get that like the it's not a difficult game 
Yeah. I do yeah. I do like the, the, the no difficulty because it does feel fucking good when you get through it, you know? And even though there's always going to be people online that beat the whole game first try, no deaths, and just make you feel like you're the worst fucking gamer in the world. But there is also an infinite amount of compilations of people just getting one shot over and over and over again. I was actually, I was watching this video that was, someone had come back from Sekiro Shadows Died Twice, and they were like, this is what it looks like when you come back from Sekiro Shadows Die Twice back to a, a Soulsborne game, you know, coming back with all this refined fucking mechanics. And it was <laughs> the first boss in DS3. And I mean, they didn't get one shot, but they got bunked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's only two ways that this video is going. Either he's just going to straight face roll this boss or the boss is going to face roll him. And it was, it was the Soulsborne experience. <laughs> yeah. Weird that you would come from a game that has different pacing and timing and not immediately master the the other game yeah but, i do want to play sekiro after watching some reviews it actually does look pretty good um yeah it's like japanese souls born like it's yeah. like you take ghost of tsushima and dark souls sekiro the combat apparently is much more aggressive in it where it's a lot less um well i mean you either have your dex bitches or your your shield bros and dark souls or your two build paths yeah, one um, of those has a good connotation. One of them doesn't. That's a well. I I don't want to offend the shield community because I'm a dex bitch, so I can't. Uh, okay, so it's self-deprecation. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't take the flame from the shield bro community, even though shield bros just aren't playing the game. But that's okay. <laughs> 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 I think that Dark Souls is all about rolling. There's nothing wrong with that. Um. But yeah, no, it's very just like you want to keep them staggered, essentially, and you're trying to play a lot more aggressively and then parrying on top of it when you're like up in their grizzle. So, yeah, I do like parrying a lot, so I would be interested to I, I Dark Souls is a game. I don't know if I'm if I'm going to go down. I should play Blasphemous. Maybe. Well, Bl- speaking of that, that's a good segue. You want to <laughs> you want to talk about some Blasphemous? Sure. You could also do Dead Cells. Dead Cells and Blasphemous both have very generous parry windows. Dark Souls does not have what I would identify as a generous parry window for you. It is a very precise parry window that if you fuck up, you are tears are rolling down your face as you realize you parried too early. Um, but yeah, be Blasphemous on New Game and New Game Plus. Overall, it took me longer than I care to admit, if I'm being really honest. Probably took me about 35 hours to beat both 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 run throughs i i have no context for what it should be so well someone said that okay so someone beat like all the penitences in like 40 hours or something like that so so when you start a new game plus you get to choose between three penitences or no penitence penance no penance doesn't matter um and essentially they just modify how the game's played so i picked what I well I thought honestly I thought I was picking a different penance when I did but it was the worst penance to pick. It changed you get health flasks that you can drink like Estus flasks and Dark Souls but it changes it so it fills up your fervor instead of feel, filling up your health. So when you leave a shrine you only have your health bar and no healing unless you use abilities or something on top of that. Um and then when you die it changes it to actual Dark Souls fashion where um, you lose all your currency as well. In new game, you don't lose your currency. Your health bar, I believe. No, your fervor bar just goes down. 
And then every time you die, you just lose a little bit more off your max fervor bar. So now you lose all your souls. Your fervor bar doesn't go down, though, um, which is, okay. I guess, kind of nice. But I, it's also pretty hard, I feel like, in that game to die multiple times unless you're just straight put yourself in the worst position possible, which is kind of hard, or you're just straight goonbagging it. Um, or land on spikes, because spikes are an insta-kill in that game. Rip in peace. <laughs> nice. But The, the old yeah. spike mechanic is just... So it's annoying. <laughs> so I've been trying to think about what to rate the game on a numeric scale, and the answer is I really have no fucking idea what to rate it. Um, we we don't need to do so i was thinking about this the other week so one of the reviewers that i i watch um sometimes acg uh has a has his own rating scale i i don't know if he created it but he says buy wait for sale rent and then or never touch i thought there were maybe five on the scale um but it's essentially like, how badly do you need to play it? Like, should you buy it full price? Should you wait for a sale to play it? Should you just rent it, like, or do like a game pass or something like that, or wait for a really deep sale, um, or just like never touch it again, kind of thing? And I think that's a little bit more. It's like kind of a feeling, like how we resonate with the game, kind of like what we did with the bracket, you know, or we're kind of just saying like which games felt better we weren't doing like an objective numeric scale when we put one over the other we were just kind of giving our general thoughts so long story short uh numeric scale we don't need to do that well i guess if that's if that's the scale i would say somewhere between buy and wait for sale since it's such a i'm pretty sure it's a pretty small team relative to modern team sizes to be abundantly clear um I certainly don't think it would be bad practice to give the the homeboys some some dollar for their work. I picked it up, I'm pretty sure, for only like eight bucks though, um, on uh, just a okay. random Steam sale. So it's on it's on sale pretty pretty frequently. Uh, the bosses, bosses good, good bosses did fix what I didn't like about Ori. Aka, there were many bosses and not just three bosses, um, which annoyed me greatly. <laughs> though. Thankfully, I'm pre- I forgot what Dark Souls it is, but I'm pretty sure there's one Dark Souls that has like 40 bosses or something like that. That's too many bosses. There's, there is a too many bosses line. <laughs> Especially <laughs> with the Dark Souls game. bosses. Yeah, seriously. It's like, if I suffer for one hour against all these bosses, then it's 40 hours bare to beat the game. Um, 40 hours of suffering. Yeah, yeah the pain. <laughs> pain. Um, but yeah, the art style and the music, I really liked a lot. And I know that Maxwell said it creeps him out. But I yeah, think there's it's something badass. about it. It's a little off, off putting. It's, it's supposed to be a little off putting. I'm pretty sure. It's, so it's unsettling. Kill, yeah. You hop in the game, and the very first thing you do is fight a boss because why not? Um, and when you kill that boss, you like slice open that boss, and then you fill up your helmet with their blood, and then put the helmet back on. <laughs> so I get the I get the I get the idea. It's supposed to be a little bit of a weird game. But essentially, the plot is like there was this miracle, and the miracle decided there wasn't enough penance in the world, because um, it's the miracle and it can decide whatever the fuck it wants. So then it 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 inflicts the the grievous miracle uh, upon the land, and essentially everyone now has suffering based on like some attribute of them. So like there were like these three beautiful sisters that got morphed into one like massive three-faced ugly 
woman thing um and then like people who travel a lot like their like feet are all fucked up and shit like that so damn the miracle giveth and the miracle taketh if you read the if you read the blasphemous subreddit every single post is guaranteed to have someone just referencing a line about the miracle and because there's so many lines about how cruel the miracle is but how like the miracle is also a god and all giving um but yeah so essentially you were put in place by the miracle to effectively stop the this age of the grievous miracle which is kind of a weird point um but kind of cool so okay so yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much. There are multiple endings. I do not think that getting the second ending is that big of a deal, and you definitely would have to look shit up, or, I mean, you definitely could stumble upon it, but I had to look up how to get the, the first miracle, and there's, I didn't look up, I didn't have to look up a lot of stuff, like, the gameplay, the flow-through is very, like, it, it would be impossible to fuck up, because there's three bosses you originally start with, and then you enter a castle, and then you're pretty much just exploring the castle for the rest of the time, and you can fight any of the three bosses in any order you want, um, and then once you're in the castle, you can fight any of the bosses effectively in the order that you want. So okay. it's definitely not, like, Hollow Knight in the sense that you could get, like, lost in the sauce and just be running around aimlessly. My biggest gripe is definitely just the bugs with the game. I mean, like, my brother sent me screenshots of him just like stuck on a ledge and he can't move. He's just like hanging from a ledge and he's like, I'm hitting buttons and nothing's happening and my controller's on. So I don't know what to do. Uh, and then, yeah, I just, I've had a host of issues where it's like when you have tight unforgiving combat and then you start having things from the game start fucking up. That's when it gets really fucking frustrating. Right? Like yep. I'm fighting a boss I'm finally going to beat this fucking boss. I have enough fervor for my power attack, and then my power attack isn't going even though I'm railing left trigger as hard as I can. <laughs> um, like, that's the shit that... It, that's by far my biggest gripe. I think the game is... I really, really enjoyed the game. I, I've, I've never beat a game on New Game Plus before. I mean, to be fair, the game's relatively short, so it's not that much of a commitment to go through, but... Yeah, between the art, I've been listening to the soundtrack a lot. The soundtrack's a banger in my eyes for sure. Um, Carlos, I forgot what his last name is, but it's something like Viola, so I'll call him Carlos Viola because he's a musician. Um, there you go. It's probably why he became a musician, just like Crentis the Dentist. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that the bosses had a good like deal of diversity to it. Um, yeah, and the like I said, the art and the soundtrack. I'm trying to think of what to say that wouldn't give it away. But yeah, the design of the game I think is is really good, and that's that's the, that's the big thing. And a good good amount of bosses, a variety of like boss set, like the move sets are different enough that I'm not like, oh, you're just like reusing. It never even came close to reusing. It only has I think like twelve bosses, maybe somewhere in that range. Okay. So some would say the perfect amount. Some may say that. So, yeah, if you can find it on sale and you're interested in Metroidvania, I thought the first run-through was maybe too easy, and New Game Plus was... Initially, I thought it was going to be too hard, but it just kind of took me learning how to play given the new difficulty. Because on the, on the base difficulty, there's... I stat-checked a fair amount of bosses. You know, I would just get to a point where I'm like, you can't DPS me faster than i can dps you to kill you <laughs> so we're just gonna handshake and i'm gonna tank everything you have and then you're gonna die um which you definitely do not get away with in new game plus 
and new game plus then consequentially forced me to like use my you can equip rosary beads that'll give you like extra defenses or allow you to run faster dodge more mm. frequently um kind of similar to charms and hollow knight but it made me use my kit and the skills that i have way more um then i i essentially never considered changing my rosary beads like i found some generic defense boosters and then a dodge increaser and that's like all i equipped because i was just like this will be universally good <laughs> um they also like have the miracle they, that's true baby <laughs> they also have platforming sections in there uh they were okay i wouldn't write home about them it's not like jojo jojo well, she's just going to keep killing that. They're not like Hollow Knight in the sense that, yeah, I just don't think that the platforming is as fun and blasphemous. It's not bad, but I think the combat's what's fun and blasphemous because they have the the parry, the, the the roll, you know, the normal Dark Souls combat things. So I only have one of those left to do, and I don't think I'm going to go back and finish it. And there's probably a couple quests I haven't done yet, but I think after 35 hours. At least definitely, I really enjoyed it. I would probably consider playing it again even um, and trying a different penance since I still have two more to go through. But yeah, if you're looking for Metroidvania and just look at the art style, I think you'll figure out pretty quick if it's a game that looks interesting to you because the art style is very distinct. If you watch the first like five minutes, you'll get a very quick feel. You literally start in this room where there's just piles of you're part of this brotherhood um and so all your homies are also wearing pointy helmets like the main character is and it's just all it's all your homies just dead piled all over the place so so yeah uh, yeah it, it was enough for me to be like kind of like i don't know man i i like i said i can't put my finger on why it's so unsettling to me but it's cool it, it seemed like so i for those of you watching i watched someone on youtube do all of the boss fights just to get an idea of what the combat was like because I figured out pretty quickly as a game I probably wasn't going to play. Um, but I, I think they did a really nice job with kind of the religious themes throughout and kind of the creepy, unsettling art style. So, yeah, there's babies like I, I, they're called like Children of Moonlight or something like that, and they're in these cages. How you have to break like that's the that's the crow equivalent from God of War um, for this oh, game. Oh yeah. And when you collect enough of them, then you know you get a prayer that you can use that'll essentially have a little horde of little babies come and fight with you, which is hysterical to me. Um, <laughs> but when you go in, there's a painting with a bull on it, and that's where you get the reward for the children of moonlight. And when you go into it, it's just this baby that's standing inside of this cow that's literally been cut in half like straight down the middle like with a ton of precision you can see like the organs of the cow and like its tongues hanging out and everything it's very it's a very bloody and gruesome game there's it's not it is not pg-13 i will let you know that much um and the woman that you get the uh your health upgrades from she is like she's got loins covering the, the down south part but past that she's she's she, pretty nudie nudie and <laughs> she's got like six swords that have been pierced in her chest i don't know her backstory so i don't know why the grievous miracle did this to her assuming it was the grievous miracle um but so you can get six health upgrades but in your first interaction from her she was like these lances are piercing my flowery breasts <laughs> which 
I don't know if I've ever heard someone called breast flowery, but I appreciate her self-confidence and just her, her radiating internal power. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a PG-13 game at all in content but that is for sure from what i saw i don't remember seeing anything about that but yeah well if you watch boss fights then you wouldn't have seen that um but yeah no the art art style i think is still really good like i said the and the maps are pretty diverse too so but yeah the i'm trying to think if there's any there's a couple weird ass bosses there's a baby who has one attack that i didn't realize there's a circle that's on the floor and after a certain point the baby will go over there and if you're standing in the circle the baby just picks you up and rips you in half it's a one shot no matter how, how much hp you have which thankfully only happened to me once i learned real quick what it was um <laughs> yeah. but yeah good 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 variety in boss design and the parry, the parry window is pretty generous, so I think it's a pretty forgiving game for Dark Souls. Yeah. Or Souls-like, but, sorry. Uh, Superb Misfit says she wants to try a hard game like those again, but is terrified. So if you were to recommend a game in like the Soulsborne genre or punishing type game for someone wanting to get into those type of games, what would be your recommendation? Hollow Knight or Blasphemous, probably. If you like the art style of Blasphemous, I would probably do that just because it's a really quick game to go through. Um, like a, my first playthrough only took me about eight hours. I think it says the average playthroughs like in the twelve-ish range. So, and that's definitely people compare it to Souls. Like I think it's pretty forgiving, but it definitely if you fuck up, you will die. Like that much is pretty, like it's not. When I say it's pretty forgiving, it's like I think it's approachable for a, a much more casual gamer who doesn't want just straight suffering, but wants some challenge to it. Um, and I think how Maxwell described Hollow Knight is the same. You think you're fucking fine in Hollow Knight, you know? You got you can take five hits, and then all of a sudden you fuck up once, and then you fall off a platform by accident, and then you spawn right next to an enemy who's already winding up a swing. And you're like, I am less than half health now. So yeah, or. There are some things that do some big damage. So I talked about the little like tracking orbs that do three damage, but there's oh, the, yeah. the th- there's a jellyfish, like a big old jellyfish that you already I, went to the jellyfish area. Yeah, you 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 detoured. Yeah, I I whacked the jellyfish, and the the thing just creates a bomb that heat tracks towards you. Yeah, I I thought, and I was like, okay, now I know what this is doing. I think I can dodge this. I, I haven't been able to dodge it successfully yet, so I just gave up on trying to attack him. You got to hit it and then run behind cover. It's the only reliable way to dodge it. But that's what I've tried. But, like, I, I just... I, obviously, I'm not doing enough cover. Like, not, not finding... The, the thing's fucking fast. We'll put it that Very way. incredibly fast. Like, you need to... <laughs> as soon as you hit it, you need to be sprinting or you will get hit. It's, yeah. a, it's a zero forgiveness policy with the jellies. So, but it's yeah, fun, though. It, yeah, Hollow Knight is just going to take a lot longer. So if you don't want to full commit to something, but I also think that Hollow Knight is a better game than Blasphemous. So, like Maxwell said, just go look up a guide and get the first like I guess it'd be three abilities because you need to have Vengeful Spirit or whatever it is, yeah, um, to be able to get Mothwing Cloak and Mantis Claw. But once you get those three abilities, then the game's pretty much a oyster to explore, like a good Metroidvania is. So. Yeah, Vengeful Spirit, I did not use much during my first attempt at the game. But now I'm back, it has become quite useful. I think I was always scared of wasting like my souls or spirit or whatever for not being able to heal. But the trade-off of like, when, especially when you're nail, I still haven't upgraded my nail yet, 
But when it's pretty weak, like the Vengeful Spirit does a lot of damage compared to how many strikes you'd have to hit it. And so you can yeah, chunk down it, some it, bosses pretty quick. It's, I think, 18 damage, and your base nails only four before you get any upgrades on it. So, yeah, yeah that, no, that it's tracks. a lot of damage. <laughs> so, no, when you, when you speed run, you uh, don't upgrade your nail at all. You just use Vengeful Spirit because it's so strong. Oh, so you'll okay. just time it so on certain bosses, uh, they'll be rolling. Or even that boss when you fought a Hornet, when she's attacking you, if she's far enough back in the or far enough forward in the map and you Vengeful Spirit, because Vengeful Spirit knocks her back, you can actually get two procs of it on her for, oh, for one shot. So nice. that's what people would be looking for in speedruns. Totally not necessary for just normally fighting her, but it's just little cool gamey things that I think are fun. Yeah. Because I like speedrunning. Specifically Hollow Knight. Um, all right, so I guess that brings us to... And wait, what What did you say? You said wait for sale. Somewhere between buy or wait for sale for Blasphemous was kind of your overall rating. Yeah, I don't know many games that I would say to not wait for sale is the big thing. I mean, I, I, I'm i thinking True. if I was going to give it a score, I would probably... I'm, I'm thinking like a, a light nine to strong eight for it. Um, okay. I mean, I enjoyed it enough to put 35 hours into it pretty quickly, so... Yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. But I, like I said, I really enjoyed the, the art, I think is the big thing. If you don't like how it looks, then you're probably not going to like the game, because the whole theme of it is just based off of this, like, yeah, really gruesome, really brutal, you know, art design. With a nice, nice soft acoustic guitar in the background, just soothing your soul <laughs> as it's going. It's a great combo. I know, and all together, it really, if you're into it, it does it well. And it's a vibe. It's, it's a vibe. <laughs> as much as I, I hate that. <laughs> um, but, all right, so IGN did complete, and they have a bracket that has the official final percentages. So when I was going through it, I was basing it off of what I saw at a particular point in time on Instagram. Um, but I do have final, final numbers. So... The top four games, we've got GTA San Andreas versus God of War. God of War. How much? What percentages? Well, if I have to remember that as T approaches infinity for this bracket set, it's going to be converging to 50. So I'm going to be saying 55, 45. Close. 61, 39. God of War beats GTA. I was gonna San say sixty forty, and then I, I I thought I had already compensated, and then once I said I was like I need to compensate more. Fuck, I would be so close. And then the other in the final four, GTA Five versus Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. We'll stick with the fifty five forty five. I think this one will be closer. You're right with the 55-45, but GTA Ooh. 5 edged out Breath of the Wild. I would have picked Breath of the Wild, too. That's probably one of the harder matchups to determine what the community would have voted on. Because you have to remember IGN, um, even though they blatantly copied Mo Video Games, did do a community vote with their, their huge community versus just us coming up with what we think is the best. So... Uh, I just thought different. that the Breath of the Wild, like recency bias, and just the Nintendo fuckboys will come out of the woodwork for that shit. Recency bias. GTA Five is about to be released for the new consoles, bro. It's brand new. <laughs> um, you can even, still buy it for sixty dollars on your microwave. Exactly. 
Um, so that sets up the final matchup, God of War 2018 versus Grand Theft Auto V. God of War. By how much? 58-42. Close. It's 62-38, God of War. God of War is objectively the greatest game of all time. <laughs> Touche. So, and for those of you listening, watching, we completed our bracket before they even started their bracket, so I wasn't influenced. I just knew. There was, there was no influence in the world. Nobody talking about these games that could have possibly influenced me. But no, so I, I was pretty excited about that. God of War won by a at least 60% margin in... Well, not 60% margin. I know what you're 60% saying, yeah. of the vote in um, all of its matchups. So God of War beat StarCraft by its largest margin, 90-10. <laughs> Then when no one's on to- old enough that's voting on this to even know what StarCraft is, they're like, it's not the game my grandfather played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, then it beat Portal 2, 79-21. That's a little disrespectful, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> then it beat- I mean, it should, be, it should be Portal 2, but the margin should not be that large. Uh, yeah, that's, that's fair. Again, I think it just comes down to the community. Um, Didn't especially- my grandfather play those Valve games? <laughs> <laughs> what is Valve? I only use Steam. <laughs> um, God of War then beat Elder Scrolls V, <laughs> Skyrim, 64-36. Beat The Witcher 3, 61-39. And then beat GTA San Andreas, 61-39. And beat GTA V. It didn't converge. It went back up to 62 I know that's what I thought for sure is going to be less, but I figured it'd be pretty close. I was trying to take the mean between the two last ones because I figured that would be the best estimate, but yeah, my model definitely beat incorrect. some beat some good solid competition. Um, I'm trying to see real quick if Hollow Knight is in here. I'd be kind of surprised if it wasn't, but maybe they chose a different Metroidvania. Uh, Hades is in here and was immediately knocked out. Um, in the first round, but it went up against Metroid Prime, so that's kind of an unfair comparison. I also just think that roguelikes are like very hit or miss for people. I think some people really like roguelikes, and other people are just like, "Fuck this, I'm done." Uh, a roguelike wow. to me is just like a pure games game. It's like a, it's like what Doom was doing and their new iterations. Like, yeah, a roguelike is not there for in-depth crazy story or anything like that it is a gameplay driven game where you like the core mechanics of the game and that's what's going to make you keep trying the game that's fair also i am not seeing hollow knight anywhere on their list so clearly disrespectful it's the worst game of all time by a transitive property (laughs) um so i'm trying to see how many do they have in here i can't do math so that's will, two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two. Oh, so they had sixty-four games in their top list. Damn. I will say there is a channel that I do enjoy viewing from time to time. Uh, the Democracy, and he reviews his whole audience is for like Soulsborne and Souls likes games. So okay. he does have list of games for like top ten best Souls like games. Um. And stuff like that that came out, you know, last year, last decade. He he does a bunch of lists. So if you are looking for souls like in terms of the 
the gritty punishing genre, he's probably a, a good source to go through. I mean, you can also tell pretty quickly just watching because some of the stuff that he recommended, I was like, I would not fucking play that. Um, but when you watch some gameplay, I mean, you can tell pretty quickly if a game's going to be interesting or not to you to play. Yeah. Just because I think visually really dictates, at least for me, like visuals are a large part of playing a game. I need that shit to be saucy. It's almost like you need to see them, and the video is half of the title of the genre. <laughs> oh my god! Um, all right, so tech news, which is really gaming news, but also has tech. We call it tech news because it rolls off the tongue. Feels great. Um, That's cool, baby. So it's been a while since we've talked about scalping and the whole tech shortage and all that kind of fun stuff. It's still a thing, still going on. Things are looking up a little bit more promising. Hello? <laughs> um, but there was one Japanese retailer who was fighting back against PS5 scalpers in an interesting way. So they, when someone purchases a PS5, they are writing the full name of the buyer on the PS5 box, both in permanent marker and pen to make sure that the pen actually like engraves the name. So if you try and remove the pen markings, it still has the marking of the buyer's name on there to deter uh, people from reselling after they purchase the PS5. And they were also, I think when they were purchasing, if someone's purchasing a controller, they were opening the box um, that, the, that the controller was in prior to giving it to the person who bought it. So it would no longer be an unopened um item they were purchasing or, or something to that effect but doing a, a couple of, i wasn't as clear on what the hell they were doing with the controllers but the the writing the full name of the person buying it is an interesting way i i mean don't, don't i think if they're clear about it ahead of time then i think that's totally fine right if as long as they're just like hey we're gonna do this then it shouldn't matter if the person's okay with buying it in that state then we're good yeah, I mean, if if you're not a scalper looking to resell, like having your name on the box is not a big deal. But if you're a scalper trying to resell, having your full name on there, one, identifies you. So people who don't like scalping can now identify you. And I don't know what you would do to that person, but you could, I don't know, be angry at them, write an angry social media post. Uh, and uh, But then also makes it clear like it's it's a less desirable to like buy a box that has someone else's name on it so it'd be harder to resell so i thought that was an interesting way to fight scalping there's a lot of interesting ways valve i think came up with absolutely the best possible way of fighting it and granted they had the luxury of hindsight because when they came out with the steam deck it everyone else with graphics cards and new consoles had gone through a lot of different things so they had some time to think about what they were going to do but when they announced the valve deck they initially opened pre-orders to anyone that had 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 made a purchase on Steam um, more than like 30 or 60 days ago, something like that. Or like the account had to be a certain age and they had to have made a purchase. So you, you couldn't just go create an account to be considered eligible. You had to have been a, an actively purchasing Steam subscriber. Um, essentially, in order to be considered for the initial round of pre-orders. I thought that was a really great way to say people who are actually fans of Steam, like if PlayStation had done a similar thing, like if you had had a PlayStation account um, and had made a purchase or something like that for a certain length of time, I think that's a smart way to to fight some of the scalping because that's going to be your biggest market 
the biggest interest of people who are looking to get something day one um, and remove a lot of that initial demand. So there's lots of interesting ways yeah, to do it. And then wait lists. Just do a fucking wait list. Like EVGA has done that with graphics card and it takes people six months to, I think even a year later, EVGA is still f- filling in wait list items, but it means that you aren't purchasing it or like at the risk of bots like just oh oh we got more and then bots eat up all of them it's like no there's a wait list there's an actual chronological order of you are going to get one at some point um so it kind of reduces the incentive to purchase from a scalper unless you need something immediately obviously there's always going to be that but the demand much less and you start employing some of these multiple tactics together boom you no can't scalping. lose. You, no scalping. You can't lose. There's always a way around it. It's kind of like we talked about with like the cybersecurity and like the white hat and black hat hackers and stuff, and constantly the battle like create new defenses, create new exploits, create new defenses, create new exploits, and back and forth. So it's interesting to watch, nonetheless. I would just buy those D mat plates or whatever they're called if I was going to scalp it. Those black PS4 faceplates, because then for the for the Japanese guy that was right in the in the marker. Oh well, they they were writing it not on the console itself, so it was on on the box, the PS5. Oh, box. I thought you were saying they were like hard engraving, and I was like, damn, that's hardcore. Oh, that would <laughs> be wild. Like, no, that's what I thought. I thought they were like just straight up like damaging their product to make sure that scalpers would fuck off. Yeah. Oh, so we got Ian Bod. Hello. Scalping is just the worst. Um, was going to get into the Digimon card game at the start, but the boxes kept getting scalped. $60 to $160. Damn. Yeah. Oh, damn. Scalping is absolutely the worst. Um, it's unfortunate. It's where there is demand. Scalping is, it just comes around. It's an inevitability, which stinks. Um, but I think people are learning lessons, especially with everything. It's been kind of at the forefront of everyone's mind lately. I mean, the auto industry is going through the same thing right now. Like the chip shortage is causing a shortage in new cars being manufactured. So everyone is jacking up prices and people who are putting in reservations for new cars and then getting to the dealer when their car arrives and finding out it's $10,000 more than what they agreed upon. And I mean, it's just... Yeah, where where there is money to be made and people willing to spend the money. That's the hardest thing with scalping. Is scalping only works because people are willing to pay that higher price. Um and so, I mean, the best thing I think anyone can do is just don't purchase scalped goods. It's not always sometimes scalped goods are a requirement for you to do business, to do schoolwork to do to live do things you can't always avoid it but trying to avoid paying scalper prices as much as possible not feed into that machine um trying to advocate against it i don't know there's not there's not a good easy one size fits all solution but yeah 100 percent agree scalping sucks <laughs> how much is the base ps5 so there are two two PS5 consoles. There is the diskless version, which is just as powerful, just doesn't have the 4K disk drive, and that's $399. And then there is the PS5 with the 4K disk drive, and that is $499 or $500. Yeah. 
Well, you can get on EvTech, the digital edition. It's on sale from $800 to $500. That's only, well, it's only a 20% markup. And, or 25. And that's, that's what I'm saying. The things are looking better. Like, obviously, as more and more people get PS5s and the people who are willing to pay scalper prices fulfill their demand, the demand decreases, which means the prices that scalpers can ask also decreases over time as PS5 saturate the market. So it is a problem that will resolve over time. Um, but yeah, obviously paying an additional $100 for a console when for that same money you could get the 4K disc player still sucks. Yeah, the fact that that still looks like a good deal is like ripping, ripping pepperoni. <laughs> I know it's like um, Kohl's. They're like, "Oh, you want this pair of pants? Normally five thousand dollars, but we'll give it to you for twenty bucks. Steal of a deal." Reality, it should be a ten dollar pair of pants, but looks like you're but, saving a lot of money. Hey, you are by wasting money at Kohl's. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that, that was interesting. Uh, scalp, it's it's negative. It's not fun to talk about, but it's reality. But things I think are getting better. And people are coming up with creative ways to, to get I want a PS5 for MSRP. I know. I think I think by the time you'd you'd be down to buy one, I think they'll you'll be able to find one. And people still are. It is getting easier. There are more consoles coming up more frequently online. You still have to deal with bots and scalpers, so it's still going to be a difficult thing to do. But it is getting marginally easier to do. Um so yeah but even like walmart is listing it like way not msrp that's what i find so weird like well that's yeah because graphics cards so micro center you can walk into a micro center and there are tons of new graphics cards but the reason they're there is because micro center has jacked up the prices so they can keep them in stock um and it's kind of where that like supply demand curve that reaches a new equilibrium point of okay now Demand is low enough that we have to jack up the price because it's a rare enough commodity. Um, we do that. And hopefully, as more get produced, that will change. Um, there, there are certain things, like I'm sure the Digimon card industry and everything, it might be harder to flush the market, especially when there are certain rare cards and things that go for um, certain amounts. That that's a harder problem to solve, and I, I don't know. And it's different for every industry that you're in. Um, it's just it's unfortunate but yeah it, i mean corporations do the same thing i mean we're constantly like okay with sony charging um like an additional ten dollars for a ps4 to ps5 upgrade um when xbox isn't doing the same and that's because people are willing to pay those prices and we'll do it and it's just like business when when people can make money they're gonna make money um is it is it moral is it ethical that's an entirely different conversation not sure the, the people who are proponents of it will just say oh well if you're will if i'm someone's willing to pay for it then i'm not in the wrong uh, but then there's the other thing it's like well yeah just because you can doesn't mean you should it's the old jeff goldblum from jurassic park they they were so concerned with whether they could they didn't stop to think if they should you know jurassic park really is just loaded with mind gems yeah wisdom constantly it's fantastic um all right, some other other things. So, Ragnarok, God of War Ragnarok, was delayed um, into twenty twenty two. We knew this, um, but the voice actor of the new rebooted God of War franchise, Christopher Judge, came out publicly on Twitter citing himself taking the full blame of the delay. Now, in reality, 
it's very likely there were a lot of factors that led to the delay. But he he had some medical health issues that he needed to get some surgery for. And Santa Monica Studios was very understanding and kind of pushed back on some of the mocap and voice acting aspects to allow him to properly get the surgery and heal that he required. Um, in Santa Monica Studios, obviously good guys never mentioned that, but Christopher Judge felt it was necessary to come out and say that that um, he, he took full blame, which again, I don't think is the reality of the story, but um, just good guy Christopher Judge coming out here, letting people know. Um, just keeping things nice because everyone wants to see it but i think the large majority of people want people to not have to go through crunch to develop a game and they want they don't want the voice actors to have to go through like debilitating health issues to have to complete a game and do these things so it's all reasonable like hey we'll be happy we, we and we don't want the game to come out unfinished as well yeah like cyberpunk like those those are three things you want the game to be finished and good and you want the people who created the game to not have to gone through hell to get there um so i think there's a lot of good conversation that has been started as a result of the cyberpunk debacle and some of the good things that have been happening with games getting delayed and then coming out in really good state so yeah so shout out christopher judge we we appreciate we stand you. christopher judge yeah christopher judge baby kratos actor in the greatest game of all time as deemed by all of the experts i might add um okay uh microsoft so we've talked a lot about right to repair (laughs) so just keeping keeping it going with some of these like topical news um articles uh microsoft has officially committed to supporting right to repair and as soon as 2022 is going to be working to make sure that they're hardware devices including xbox consoles are going to be easier for users to repair themselves um and so that's just another huge leap forward in the right to repair we've already talked about the fcc i think uh voting to officially say that their stance is yes we support the right to repair there's a lot of movement talking about it legislation being talked about um and Microsoft, huge tech company coming out in support of it. Hopefully others follow suit. The EU we talked about um, is working on legislation to enforce a USB type C requirement on uh, tech devices, which would largely impact Apple and their iPhones, meaning they would no longer be using the lightning adapter and switching USB type C. So there's a lot of good consumer friendly things happening. We may not be able to buy these devices because they're getting scalped, but when we have them, we can actually keep them. And that actually some ways kind of marginally indirectly helps with the whole scalping thing. Because if you break a tech device and you can repair it instead of having to buy a new one, that is one more out there for someone else to purchase. Um, It's better for the environment. It's better for your wallet. Um, Keep going. (laughs) It's educational because you're learning how to repair tech devices. I, I don't know. I, yeah, didn't the like UK or whatever for, put something in place where Apple has to switch to Type C? That's well, that's well, UK specifically. I don't know because now they're not. Well, I, at least Britain's not part of the EU. My geography and international knowledge is pretty poor. But the the thing I was talking about was with the the European Union. They, oh yeah, sorry, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, they 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 are pushing forward, but the they won't actually officially vote on enforcement until. Or like the enforcement wouldn't begin if they passed it until like 2025 or something like that. And 
yeah but would be great hopefully they do pass that because it is ridiculous that the lightning port has been what it is to date i'm sure there's maybe some legitimate security reason why apple would want to keep the lightning port maybe no but there's no and the transfer speed on it's dog water dog water i haven't heard that one before it's only like i think the transfer speed on the lightning is like 480 megabits per second right so it's in like the realm of like 60 megabytes per second um oh yeah i mean it 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 worked in the past right when usb type c wasn't a thing and they invented something that you can plug in either way right like there's no polarity to the plug but now that usb type c exists way fucking faster (laughs) still is also doesn't have the polarity and everyone has usb type c cable for the most part you know like yeah just dummy someone needs to punish those apple boys yeah well and that's what yen bod's saying over here they should do something to companies that purposely make their phones operate worse over the years so people are forced to buy new ones and i agree it it just yeah feeds right back into the right to repair um especially if it's done in bad faith they they can come up with semi-legitimate reasons why they might be doing that apple always cites battery health um, as a reason why phone performance degrades over time because they're trying to preserve the health of the battery to last longer, not have catastrophic failure of the battery. There's likely, I mean, there is some literal the truth to that, um, but uh, it's yeah, pretty it, infrequent. Yeah, it, it benefits them greatly, much more than it benefits us to degrade the performance over time. So it's it's a convenient truth if it is a truth for the company. So I agree. There there needs to be a lot more legislation surrounding large tech companies. I mean, te- large tech companies the last 20 years probably is when they all came into their huge powerhouse monolith they have and we haven't had legislation for something of this realm. It's all still pretty new um relatively speaking. So yeah, there needs to be a lot of conversation. I think we're getting to that point. Um but uh yeah. It's a tough problem not to crack, and a couple of bros talking about games aren't going to crack it's gonna that. It's going to fix it. Yeah, we go fix everything. Um, but uh, yeah, fun. Th- th- those are kind of the the big things. Um, the DeLorean is going to be back in Forza Horizon Five, so that's a little fun nugget for you. Uh, DeLorean being the beautiful car from Back to the Future. Um, that was legitimately sold for one, maybe two years um, by a man named DeLorean who started the company and it failed miserably, made of like stainless steel body panels. It's a weird looking Sounds car, horrible. but it was in Very Back to the Future, car. so it is therefore iconic. A car that would have been forgotten to time and the ages is now an icon because of... I mean, the movie's called Back to the Future, so I don't think it's going to be forgotten. Wait, why? Because they go in the future. So someone in, in in front of us in time will know about it, even if exactly. we forget. Someone, someone up the road is gonna gonna be like, "Oh yeah." Although just I saw I'm, the DeLorean pull up. I'm pretty sure we've already moved past Shh, I know, the I know, future. I'm ignoring that part. I'm ignoring that, that part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all good. <laughs> There's gonna be a Back to the Future 22 or something, and it's gonna go to year 3033. Hey, I, they're doing so many remakes, both with games and with movies. I would not be shocked. Um, oh, the speaking of remakes uh rockstar officially announced the grand theft auto like definitive edition or whatever and it's going to come with remasters of grand theft auto 3 grand theft auto vice city grand theft auto san andreas 
bundled together for next gen consoles and I'm, I'm sure PC as well. Um, coming nice. out. Now, it is not going to be like the Dead Space remake um, where it's kind of built from the ground up or the Knights of the Old Republic for the next gen console. It's going to be more akin to the Alan Wake remaster where it's just going to probably have updated resolution, um, probably just some maybe modern conveniences of game, but it's going to be largely the same thing. Basically, a phone it in for Rockstar because they're still raking in billions of dollars from Grand Theft Auto Online and Red Dead Online and don't care to actually innovate because again there's no incentive to because they're a business and if they are making money they don't need to do this so that's the world we live in unfortunately but uh, if you like those games you'll be able to play them on new consoles so I yeah it looks like it'll be about 60 bucks for switch xbox one and ps4 and 70 for ps5 and xbox series x yeah if this leak is accurate 70 bucks to play those three games is just highway robbery it's ridiculous that's it's just it's just like grand theft auto 5 coming out on every fucking console in existence and being like oh yeah but and (laughs) grand theft auto 5 it's been around since 2013 mind you was announced before like when they announced the ps5 was like oh yeah we're bringing the next gen grand theft auto 5 experience and uh still has been continued to be delayed over a year (laughs) later still not out yet um I don't know what they're doing other than Gra- Grand Theft Auto Online. So if you like Grand Theft Auto Online, then uh, good. But oh, and oh, asking about if the Knights of the Old Republic remake will be for both Knights of the Old Republic. That's interesting. My understanding is it's just going to be the first Knights of the Old Republic. Um, but that would be interesting because when they, when they did the Spyro trilogy, um, obviously, I mean, they did the trilogy. So they did all three games as the full remake. Um, I, but I've only I, heard Coder though. I haven't heard Coder two. Yeah, I could see them once they've done one. I would imagine it would be far easier to then do two. Um, so especially if it sells well, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they go down that road. Because um, once they've like moved over, got the workflow for getting the source code over, and, or however they're doing it, building it from the ground up, they'll have learned a lot about doing the first one. So I imagine the second one would come a lot easier if they decide to do it. But both coming out at the same time seems unlikely, but... It's going to be a hype remake, though. I'm excited be, for it. I'm, I'm excited because I have not played Knights of the Old Republic. So coming out, remake... I'm here for it. I I apparently play games right before they get remade. So I played Dead Space, and now they're coming out with Dead Space Remake. I played <laughs> Alan Wake, and they came out with an Alan Wake Remaster. So you guys let me know what game you want to see remastered, and I'll play it um, so that the devs actually go out and remake it. So Fun times. But I think that's most of the big news I want to discuss. PlayStation Studios acquired Bluepoint Games, uh, so they're responsible for the Shadow of the Colossus remake and the Demon Soul remake. Um, so now they're officially a PlayStation Studios studio, and uh, they're they're working on content right now. There are some rumors floating around it might be new IP um, with some other rumors stating it might be something, uh, another remake, because obviously they're friggin' really good at that, because the Demon Soul remake is bonkers amazing insanely good um so that that's exciting for playstation fans and for remakes in the future um and the quality of the remakes that they'll have because both of those shadow of the colossus and demon soul remakes um were really solid remakes so 
that's that's pretty dope. And uh, Kirby is getting a 3D uh, new game called Kirby in the Forgotten Land. And I love me some Kirby. The music. So Kirby's adventure uh, back on the NES, the, the NES you see behind you right there, um, was one of the first games I played as a kid. And I have very fond memories of it and the music, the soundtrack, everything that went along with it. And the soundtrack in Kirby Forgotten Land definitely calls back to that. And obviously the sounds and the enemy types and all that kind of stuff looks great. It's it'd be like my Mario, like it's Kirby now in 3D. I don't know. That, that is a game I will purchase. Pre-order? No, I will not pre-order. I'm yeah. unless it's I'm, an I'm IP that. that I am very familiar with. Um, Forza, yeah, Forza, which I still haven't pre-ordered. Funny, um, I have pre-ordered uh, Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok. Or oh, wait, no, I haven't done God of War Ragnarok yet because it's not available for pre-order. Gran Turismo Seven, <laughs> and um, but haven't done Forza Horizon Five yet. Something I'll probably do. But yeah, Kirby and Forgotten Land, uh, very excited about that game. And the new Hot Wheels game, I believe it's out now, uh, has been getting actually really good reviews. I played Hot Wheels Suntrack Driver on the PC way back when, and uh, that's that's a game that's also very fond of my memory. This one, obviously, much better, much more in-depth than that, but it, it harkens back help. to the same, like, you are actually playing, like, the die-cast models in, like, the scale, and, like, you're in a house and you got all the tracks and stuff and they have a really in-depth track editor looks super cool great reviews me as a car guy collected hot wheels as a kid played the hot wheels game something i'm pretty hyped for so i don't know also i forgot to say metroid dread came out oh have looks you like it's gotten purchased? decent reviews no i have not purchased yet i'd probably still wait for a sale just because i have so many games on my i finally organized my my steam library to get all the games that I would actually play in one little folder. Um, Cause I have like a bunch of like humble bundle games that I just, I'm not going to realistically play. Uh, so did a little bit of organization there, but it's got an 88 out of Metacritic. So, or out of a hundred on Metacritic so far. And I didn't realize that it's wow. a direct follow up to Metroid fusion. Like the story is, um, okay. which came out in 2002. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's little- Nintendo. 19 year re- revival of a story um i thought it was going to be 3d i thought they were talking about having a 3d samus game but it's a 2d makes sense that it's following up on uh metroid fusion but yeah metroid 4 which is still in development will be 3d is that what, okay that's what i was yeah. thinking of then so yeah if it was like 30 bucks i'd pick it up for sure um is it the full 60 i assume they sell everything for 60 even that uh the the link remake i don't think that should have been 60 on release but that's okay Do a quick digimon google search world yeah, 60 dollars so digimon world yeah. remake i mean remake of any game that you have fond memories of nostalgia is always hype especially if you played them when you were younger and now you can be like i get to experience that nostalgia in the new age like me going back through the spiral games was special that was really fun um especially when it's done well but uh digimon world is not one i'm super familiar with i'm just i'm looking it up right now interesting 
Yeah, that would be cool. Hopefully it's better than the like new Pokemon 3D games they've been doing. Those do not evoke a lot of excitement for me. I know they're not like direct remakes. They're kind of doing their own thing a little bit, but. I thought I heard good things about that one on the Switch, though. I forgot what it was called, but. I know at least my friends enjoyed it. I mean, as a Pokemon game, it looks like a Pokemon game, but I think people expected more, like wanted some kind of like a 3D action RPG with Pokemon in the Pokemon realm, but not so much like the Pokemon game you play, but in three dimensions, which is what it but seems like it more is. But I, I don't know enough about it. It's Pokemon. To- what do you expect? I know. That's all the Pokemon games are. But that's why I'm not hyped about it. Because it's like, man, it's like the same with Far Cry. It's like, man, um, I'm getting off the Far Cry hype train because I've played enough of those games. That's probably one with a deep, deep sale I'll I'll pick up because I do like playing the Far Cry games, even if it's more of the same. Um, Because like the new environment, the little minor improvements they make and stuff like that are always really fun, but not something that I'll pay the full price for so next week when they discount it to $30 I'll, I'll pick up Far Cry 6 but. yeah if it's got co-op I would definitely pick it up and play but yeah it do it would have to be on it it would have to be on a yeah a deep a deep boy very deep but that brings us to the end of our apparently now consistently hour and a half long podcast so all all the tech news you could possibly want so You'll be editing this week, so I'm sure you won't put a second outro after this one. Um, no. So, all right. For those of you listening who have been listening, you're just going to you. get funky one. Um, and for those of you listening today with us live, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for those listening to the podcast. We appreciate you guys. Let us know what you think about the stuff we're talking about. Have you played Hollow Knight? Have you played Blasphemous? Do you want to? Did Oliver's description of Blasphemous blow you away? Or was it Blasphemous? (laughs) Who knows? Um, But yeah, we're interested to hear what you have to say. We have an Instagram, uh, just kind of posting about when the the next podcast is going up, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes we leave links in the YouTube description. If you're listening on podcast services, make sure you check out YouTube to see our beautiful faces and by beautiful face i mean sometimes you see our cats and that's probably worth it right there um and we go live on youtube when we're actually recording it so if you're listening to the podcast make sure you go over to youtube if you want to get that up-to-date tech news and uh two weeks late in this instance but or one week sorry very late it's it's up to date it's all relative you know the birth of the universe whatever yeah Things aren't moving that fast right now. Yeah, it's it's a combination of evergreen and perennial and fresh and whatever other descriptors you want to use. But yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And we will catch you all in the next one. Juicy. Juicy.